What business are you in? Are you sure? Listen today as I talk about a concept that gets many entrepreneurs frustrated, but gets a few excited. Thanks for tuning in today to Dylan's podcast episode. I am Dylan, and this is my podcast. The failure rate for businesses is very high for many reasons, and I believe that entrepreneurs would experience a higher success rate if they had access to more real-life commentary and help about business. That's what I try to do with my podcast. I've got over two decades of experience of working with entrepreneurs, particularly in tough moments, and this podcast gives me an opportunity to share some of those experiences in hopes that there's somebody out there who's listening that needs what it is I'm saying today to help them get through a problem that they're having or to help them capitalize on an opportunity uh, that they've been trying to chase down. Today's concept is one that often catches a lot of entrepreneurs off guard, but I think it's an important conversation to have. Uh, And I usually have it as I work with an entrepreneur to try and figure out how to help a business fix a problem they're having or increase their top line revenue. Those are usually the two reasons why this conversation piece uh, comes up. And I find that the easiest way to explain this concept um, is usually to give a couple of examples. And so the first example I'm going to give is the labor example. If you're in a business where maybe you don't make um, a widget, maybe you don't offer a professional service, maybe uh, you're in the business of labor. So maybe you um, maybe you have a landscaping business, or maybe you have a demolition business, or maybe you have a construction labor business. But the labor example um, is an easy one, I think, to get uh, to kind of press the point around this conversation that I have. So I'm a part of a company. We hire workers to complete work that, uh, quite frankly, others just don't want to do or don't know how to do. And our business isn't necessarily the particular service that we provide, but rather our business is attracting labor at a competitive rate and then putting it into the market at a competitive price so that we can earn a profit. So really we're in the labor business. It doesn't really matter what service that labor is being used for. Our core business is managing labor. So to attract labor, we need to have competitive pay, a great environment, strong leadership, and the ability for our team to use their skills so that they can earn a living. If we only thought about the particular single service that we provide, then we would be missing out on new opportunities to provide other services. But by thinking about our business as a labor management business, we immediately see where there are other opportunities to deploy labor that match the skill set of our team and the market needs that um, businesses or other people have for the type of folks that we have working for us. So that's one example. That's kind of the easy one where um, we're in the business of managing labor. We're not in the business of offering a particular service that our team completes. So let me try this with a different example, an equipment example. So I've been involved in companies um, that manufacture and sell equipment. And there's one in particular that I'm thinking of. And They think of their facilities um, as a place to develop solutions and manufacture solutions and sell solutions, not products. If all they did was focus on the products they build, they would be missing out on the opportunity to build other products for other marketplaces or other use cases. 
the team that they have, the engineers that they have um, can take their knowledge and apply it to these other use cases um, that has ultimately resulted in them broadening out their product line or their solution portfolio, as I call it. Um, you know, another example that, that might be uh, even easier to understand is the Uber example. So they built a technology infrastructure to match drivers and riders, and then they got really, really good at that. And then they evolved into matching food with eaters. That's Uber Eats. So they provide the best technology to facilitate these solutions, and that's their particular business. They need to provide drivers with a great experience. They need to provide uh, riders and eaters with a great experience. But ultimately, the business they're in is managing the infrastructure that other people um, interact on and are able to ask for something and get it in return. So it always comes down, for me, it always comes down to the same thing. It always comes down to understanding a business well enough and the problem that they're solving, not necessarily the product or service that they're offering. And again, recognizing you can't be all things to all people, but that only gets tricky if you don't actually know the business that you're in. And so oftentimes an entrepreneur will start a business with a mindset of saying, this is the product that I'd like to sell customers, or this is the service that I would really like to offer clients. And so they base their business plan, they base their activities, they base their marketing and their sales around selling a product or selling a service. And then what happens is, you know, life will go pretty good. They'll probably get some traction, they'll generate some revenue, but then they'll peak out and they'll hit a spot where they kind of can't get past it. And they're not really sure where the bottleneck is or, or what's preventing them from, from getting their revenues to the next level. And oftentimes it forces them to go back and go, wait a minute, you know, what business are we really in? Because products get old, services get antiquated or replaced with other services. And so it's not necessarily the product or the service that your business has, but rather it's fundamentally what is your business trying to do or what is your business really good at kind of behind the scenes. And I know and the one business when I mentioned to the entrepreneurs, they said, look, we're in the labor management business. I mean, it took them, I don't know, it probably took them like a good week or two to finally come around to seeing that that is in fact what their business was because the primary service that they had, pro had provided for a bunch of years had suddenly gotten very competitive and very price sensitive and they were at risk of losing their revenue. So they had to begin to think of their business through a different paradigm. And that's when we started drilling down to understanding the business that we were actually in. All of our cert, all of our systems, um, our accounting, um, our operation software, et cetera, was all driven, when you kind of got down to it, it was all driven around this concept of managing labor. So what is it um, for your business? You know, you can't, again, you can't be all things to all people. More competition means that you do have to pick your niches and be kind of the market leader because if you're not the market leader then you're probably you know kind of in the rest of the crowd of your market and your margins are probably really small so you do have to pick your niche and be really good at it but you can serve several niches 
to mitigate the concentration risk that your business might have. So if you think you're too heavily invested in one end of the market, but you think of your business as a product or a service business, then being able to step back and go, but what business are we really in might give you the opportunity to see some other markets that you can go into to diversify out where you get your revenue from. Now, big caveat here is that this doesn't work out for everybody and not everybody gets excited about this concept. A really good uh, friend of mine who, who um, I have managed uh, his money for almost two decades, um, and he ran a business that, oh, let me see, probably a decade ago, it was becoming very obvious to everybody that that business was no longer going to be what it was in the past. And so at one time, at the peak of their particular market opportunity, there were dozens of businesses doing what they did. But then guess what? Technology came around, the market shifted big time, and then all of a sudden his competition started shrinking, some through acquisition, some through attrition, and somehow he kind of hung on to the very end. And I was having coffee with him this week, and he uh, let me know that a, a couple months ago he actually finally walked away from the business because they literally had um, had lost kind of their entire top line. So they had let a bunch of people go, and they were trying to hang on, hang on, hang on. But the truth was their business was... was um, was antiquated, was no longer needed in the marketplace. And I remember over the last couple of years, every time we'd have coffee, I'd say, hey, is there something else that you guys can be doing with all of the knowledge and the experience that you have in your office? Is there a different market opportunity that you could use your people to go and capitalize on? And he kept saying, no, you know, I'm not really a a dreamer and I'm not really a thinker like that. I, you know, this is all I know. I've done this for 30 some odd years. And so, I mean, I know what you're telling me in theory, but I don't think practically that we're going to have much success trying to find a different use case for what it is that we do. And so that's, I mean, to me, that's, you know, a pretty sad story. It turns out that the uh, the province that I live in, we're also struggling as a province with the same fundamental problem. We've been highly concentrated in a single marketplace, and that has has been oil. But we have a lot of smart people uh, in our province that could help us understand um, if the if the motivation was there and if the leadership was there that we could become we could take all of the knowledge we have around the oil business and the gas business, and we could apply that knowledge to other sectors within the energy marketplace. Um, And so, you know, whether it happens at the government level, whether it happens at the individual company level, there is this idea of really understanding where are your core competencies, what is the business that you're actually in, and then that just shows up through the products and services that you provide. But the products and services that you provide are not your business. Your business is something else, and you need to figure out what business you're actually in. And so um, I define that as the problem your business solves is the business that you're in. It's not the product or service that your business offers. And so hopefully this concept resonates with you as you're listening to this. Maybe you're thinking, well, that's interesting. You know, I've never really been challenged to ask the question of what business are we actually in? And that doesn't necessarily um, mean that you rewrite your marketing plan or your sales plan. I've always looked at it more as a management tool to make business decisions from. So the products that you market and the services that you offer, 
to the marketplace. I mean, certainly those have to be presented in a way that your customers and your clients are going to understand them. But internally, when you're talking about your business, trying to plan for the future, trying to solve problems or grow your revenue, you really kind of got to strip the business down and say, but what business are we actually in? How does our business create value? And how do we get paid for that value? The products or services that we offer are simply the conduit for that. So that's all I've got for you today. <laughs> Hopefully you found uh, this somewhat interesting. Hopefully it's put a bit of a stone in your shoe to think about your business or maybe rethink your business from a different perspective and, uh, and that it was valuable. So remember, strive not to be a success, but to be of value. A valuable business is one that I believe can save for the future, invest in new opportunities, and give back to the community that supports it. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Dylan's podcast. And uh, if you found this helpful, I would encourage you to uh, subscribe to it or to provide um, a review because once you've done that, uh, it puts this podcast out in front of um, in front of other people. And there are entrepreneurs out there that don't have a lot of people to talk to about their business or they don't really have a way to articulate uh, the challenges and the problems that they're having. And so I hope that this podcast somehow lands in front of those folks and is able to you know, kind of help get them over a hump. So thanks for um, the emails that you send in and the comments uh, that you do fire off to me, whether it's via text message or through my inbox. I really appreciate it. I know that there are a handful of you out there that listen uh, consistently, and I appreciate that. And hopefully you tell someone so that we can um, collectively, hopefully we can you know, help reduce the failure rate of businesses out there by giving them something very, by giving entrepreneurs something very, very practical to listen to and to do something with.